Welcome back to another edition of Viper Bites, and today we are going to go around the horn, around the league, and talk about some fantasy football starts and sits for week seven. We're going to go through each and every game on the docket, who you need to start, who you need to be sitting, and we're going to bring it all to you right here, right now, on the Viper Bites, on the Dynasty Vipers Network on YouTube. Make sure if you're on the YouTube, make sure you're hitting that subscribe button, make sure you're hitting that like, get in the comments. And if you've got start and sit questions, make sure you hit me up at, at Matt Donnelly FF on Twitter or drop the comments right in the chat room itself there. And I'll get back to you and answer those questions as soon as I see them. Now, we're going to try and wrap this up and keep it in 20 or less. We are going to head to Cleveland for the Thursday Night Football. We're going to talk who to start, who to sit between the Broncos and the Browns. For Denver, you've got to sit Teddy Bridgewater. He's battling a little bit of a nagging injury, and I would not be surprised if Drew Locke makes appearance in this game at some point. Now, on the flip side, you're going to start Cortland Sutton. No ands, ifs, or buts about it. He has a 28% target share or more in three of the last five games. Opportunities there. Make sure you get him in your lineup. You're starting Melvin Gordon. You're starting Javante Williams. Look, there's six teams on by this week, and there's all kinds of running back injuries. They're piling up by the minute. Williams ranks sixth best in yards after contact per carry and he's only played 51 percent of the snaps this year so i think you can get both melvin gordon and javante williams not as rb1 maybe as an rb2 but more likely a flex option going forward you're starting noah fat the tight end position is bad you gotta start fat he's coming off a big game against the raiders we got a lot of garbage time points in the fourth quarter so start noah fat and if you want a little bit of a sleeper here look no further than tim patrick 133 consecutive targets without a drop. You know what? If you're going to target him, he's going to catch it. Good chances of that. And, well, again, when you look at those consecutive targets, that's not consecutive catches. That's targets. So some have sailed over his head. They weren't catchable balls. Now, on the Cleveland end of things, we got word earlier today, Baker Mayfield is out. Case Keenum is in. You're really going to only start Case Keenum if you're in two QB leagues. Not even – I don't know if I would trust him even in super flex leagues right now, but – that's kind of where we're at with this. And then when you look at it a little bit deeper, there's an opportunity for him to produce in this game, much like we saw against the um, what we've seen with the Raiders there last week. Uh, when we looked at this between the Broncos, there's an opportunity for Case Keenum to put some numbers up like Derek Carr did. So keep that in mind. Again, two QB leagues only, not even in super flex. Now I'm sitting the Ernest Johnson. I'm sitting Demetric Felton. I know it's bad right now, but this isn't it. You're not starting either one of these guys. Landry Beckham, they're flex options at best. And Peoples-Jones, if you're in a deeper league, he may be the YOLO guy you're going to target there because Landry is not that deep guy. Odell Beckham can't seem to get right. Peoples-Jones has been playing good the last couple of games, and he is going to be that deep target that Case Keenum is going to need in this game. Now, our next stop, we are going to head to New York to talk about the Giants as they're hosting the Carolina Panthers. Sam Darnold, some say start, I say sit. Darnold has been on target just 52% of his throws, which is both second worst in the league. He's averaging about 3.4 yards per attempt, which is the worst. And his passer rating is the third worst at 28% right now. When And that's when, when I say this, I'm talking about when he's being pressured. Now, luckily for Darnold, the Giants are in the bottom six of pressuring quarterbacks. But right now, Darnold might be hearing ghosts or seeing ghosts right now, and that's a concern for me. Chuba Hubbard, he is earning himself a bigger role when, McCaff when Christian McCaffrey returns. With 
CMC absent. Hubbard is averaging 13-plus fantasy points per game. He's getting 20-plus touches per game. He's getting 88% of the carries. The only drawback of Chuba Hubbard right now is he's only on the field for 37% of the passing plays. You're still starting Chuba, so let it roll. DJ Moore, this is a get-right game after a somewhat disappointing outing last week. The receptions weren't there. He only had five, but the targets certainly were. He had 13. Robbie Anderson was basically averaging a point per target last week. Robbie Anderson is still not the answer. I'm still not trusting him in my lineups. Now on the Giants side of things, Daniel Jones has not been good lately. There's been so much turnover in New York. You talk about uh, Kadarius Tony's out now with an injury. Darius Slayton's been battling an injury. Sterling Shepard just came back last week from injury. Kenny Galladay is Kenny Galladay. He's going to be hurt. That's what he does. So in other words, I have a hard time trusting Daniel Jones right now, despite everything that we just mentioned. Now, Devontae Berkler, he filled in for Barkley against the Rams. He turned 16 touches into 69 scrimmage yards. He had 72% of the snaps, so he's showing that he could do that workhorse stuff. In the wasteland, that's the running back position this week. Booker is about an RB2. Sterling Shepard, there's no one else to throw to. Slayton, like I mentioned, Slayton out, Galladay out, Tony is now out. Shepard had 14 targets last week. He had 10 catches. He is a volume play wide receiver. Put him in your lineup and be happy about it. Welcome to Miami is exactly what we'll be saying to the Atlanta Falcons. Miami is giving up the third most passing yards per game, and Matt Ryan is coming off the bye week after he had multiple touchdowns in four straight games. Start Matt Ryan in this game. Mike Davis, RB2 flex option. You could probably slide him in there. Cordero Patterson, five touchdowns in his last five games, and the Miami Dolphins have allowed a top five fantasy running back in five games this year. So you're starting Cordero Patterson. You're thinking about starting Mike Davis. Calvin Ridley, we saw Stephon Diggs get right last week. This is Calvin Ridley's turn to get right. Start Calvin Ridley. I mean, you're not going to want to see him blow up on your bench. Get him in your lineup. Russell Gage, sneaky play as a wide receiver three. If he's healthy, keep an eye on that injury report going into this. He's been out. And Kyle Pitts, you're starting him. You have to. We talk about the tight ends and what's going on there. You've got to go with it. Now, there's very few things that I can pronounce. I cannot pronounce Bimageddon properly. I can't pronounce the Bipocalypse. I can't pronounce Binado very well. And can I pronounce Bye Bye Tungavalaya? Tungavaloa? No, I can't. We know I can't say that either. That's it's one of those words that kind of challenges me each and every time. That said, is this potentially Tua's swan song in Miami? And if so, let's light him up there. He's getting them going here. And, uh, See if we get that trade value a lot. There's a lot of talk of Deshaun Watson possibly coming to Miami. It's kicked up again today on Twitter. Keep an eye on that. But for now, I'm okay starting Tua. He is a solid option if you are down your starter. We're talking Dak Prescott. We're talking Josh Allen. We're talking Justin Herbert. I feel okay putting Tua in my lineup. Miles Gaskin, no. Won't do it. I ain't playing this game with you. Ain't happening. We've been down this road. We've seen what you are for a good proportion. I'd rather see you blow up on my bench then give me a zero in my lineup. Mask, uh, Miles Gaskin is a no-go for me. Jalen Waddle, 13 targets, 10 catches, 70 yards, two touchdowns. He'll be fine against Atlanta. Don't worry about that. Mike Gusecki, start him. Opportunity leads to production. More often than not. Seven targets in three of his last four games. Six targets in every game since week two. Get him in that lineup. And you want to go sleeper? You want to go deep? Let's keep an eye on Mac 
Hollins as a super sleeper this week. No Preston Williams, no Devontae uh, Parker. This is an opportunity for Mac Hollins to have that one game a year where he comes out of nowhere and shocks the world and then goes back to doing what he does best and doing nothing. Next up, the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. Well, it's not quite frozen yet. We're still only in October. Washington's coming to take a visit to Aaron Rodgers there in the Packers. Tyler Heineke is a sit. There's better options available. Unless you don't have a top 20 type quarterback, I think Heineke is coming in there about the QB 18 so far this week. Then you can roll with him because you know the game script is going to force the Washington football team to throw and throw a lot. J.D. McKissick must start. Packers, like I mentioned, are, should be able to get ahead early and often. And there's meaning plenty of passing situations, which is just fine for McKissick managers. With Gibson out last year, McKissick got 11 and 13 carries to go along with four and 10 targets in those two starts that he had while Gibson was out of the lineup. Mentioned Gibson is still dealing with that bad leg, bad shin, what, what you have you. Uh, Jared Patterson could be a sneaky play as well. I think with Gibson out, he could see a lot more of those carries in comparison to that of which J.D. McKissick is projected to get. We've seen Peyton Barber last year. He got some t- some run there while, Mc- while Gibson was out, for, at least for the first game, and then he did absolutely nothing with that opportunity and never seen an, op- an option, uh, anything after that. I think Jared Patterson will make right when he gets that opportunity to do so. Terry McLaren. Fire him up. There's no reason not to sit him. Like I said, Washington's going to have to throw the ball. McLaren is the best receiving option they've got. Get him in there. And Ricky Seals-Jones. As long as Logan Thomas is out, and as long as Ricky Seals-Jones plays the tight end position, and as long as the tight end position is what it is right now, you have to start him. End of discussion. That even goes for Robert Tunyon of the Green Bay Packers. He hasn't done nothing, but you almost feel compelled, forced to do this because of what's going on with the bye weeks, with the injuries, and with how gross that position has been. Now, Aaron Rodgers, while he owns the Bears, he hasn't owned the stat call so far this year. He's a little bit further down on that QB pecking order when it comes to fantasy points. And with Prescott, Allen, and Herbert out, you still got to start him. You still got to roll him. He's still Aaron Rodgers. But temper those expectations because so far... He's really only had Devontae Parker, or Devontae Parker. See, I'm going back to Miami here. Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones to be throwing the ball to. And yes, you're starting Devontae Adams. No questions about it. I don't need to give you any stats or facts to back that up. Aaron Jones has outsnapped A.J. Dillon 23-9 on Green Bay's 30 plays from inside the 10-yard line. And he's also getting more run from the 10... Uh, these goal line carries in which we all expected A.J. Dillon to get. Jones has 385 yards on the ground, a 4.6 average. He's also got 21 receptions, 166 yards receiving, and four touchdowns in the passing game. So, yeah, Aaron Jones, he's a start as well. Off to Baltimore. This has the makings to be the game of the week for me. You've got the Bengals visiting the Ravens. you got an AFC North divisional showdown. Joe Burrow is a QB two for me this week, not the QB two, but he's on the back end for me because despite everything that this Bengals offense can do, we've seen what the Chargers offense led by Justin Herbert could do. And we've seen what the Baltimore Ravens defense did to Justin Herbert and the Chargers last week. So temper those expectations for Joe Burrow. He'll be fine. He'll still produce, but I don't think you're going to see him in the top 12 as far as quarterbacks go this week. Joe Mixon, on the other hand, he is that guy. He is a must-start every single week. He's getting about 76% on the snaps, which is fifth among running backs. 
when he's healthy. You can pretty much count on him for about 23 touches. And guess what? He's healthy, so you can count on him this week. Now, Jamar Chase, again, a weekly starter. He's a star in the making. He's already at – he may already be that guy. You know, I've already got him in my top three for dynasty-wide receivers. I had to reevaluate my process there. He's got, I think, last week four catches, 97 yards. They say separating was an issue for him, but he's got no problem separating from the pack as far as rookie wideouts go so far this season. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Well, I'm going to go with Tyler Boyd first and kind of feed into T. Higgins here. Tyler Boyd, I'm still upset with you, and I'm not ready to talk about it. I can't figure it out. One catch, seven yards. Chase and Higgins had six targets last week each. Boyd had three. Since Higgins has returned to the lineup, when Higgins is in that lineup, Higgins has 28 targets. Jamar Chase has 27. Tyler Boyd has 21. The targets have been evenly distributed, but Tyler Boyd has yet to really come through when Higgins is in that lineup. Higgins is playing. I'm not starting Tyler Boyd. Higgins, wide receiver two type guy for me, maybe even a flex. Uh, CJ Uzama, again, tight end is really, really bad. Uzama hasn't produced the last couple of games, but the Ravens have allowed the eighth most fantasy points to tight ends over the last month. Start them. You're not going to like it, but I could, you can justify the start for you. Now, Lamar Jackson, get this, seventh in the league in rushing, ninth in the league in passing, and he has got Rashad Bateman back. Yeah, you're starting Lamar Jackson. Latavius Murray, you almost feel like you have to. He seems to be the man for the Ravens as far as that backfield is concerned. Again, position, it's ugly, so start Latavius Murray. More of an RB2 kind of guy. Now, as far as the rest of the geriatric backfield that goes for the Ravens, Devonta Freeman, Le'Veon Bell, you know, RB snaps in week six there. Latavius Murray had 38. Le- uh, Le'Veon Bell had 32% on snaps. Devonta Freeman had 30%. Good luck figuring this out week to week. I'm sitting Freeman. I'm sitting Bell, and I'll take the consequences when they come. Marquise Hollywood-Brown, last week, total bummer, laid a bit of an egg. Man, I got to get my lighting fixed before my next video. I apologize for that now. But he probably just felt Rashad Bateman's presence upon him. He probably felt that pressure, and he could not rise to it. Because, as you tell, total Bateman's down here right now, okay? That said, you start Marquise Brown each and every week. I don't care. The production has been there for the most part this season. And he is a big play waiting to happen each and every time he steps on the field. Now, as far as Rashad Bateman, start him. You didn't get him all. If you were listening to me... Two weeks ago, when I said you grab him off the waivers, he's still on the waivers. He's still only owning 28% of leagues. You grab him right now. You start him. You feel comfortable in the flex. 63% snap share in his first week coming back from injuries. 19 routes he ran. Six targets. It's only going to go up. He's trending in the right direction. And this is just the tip of the iceberg for Rashad Bateman and Lamar Jackson, that chemistry they're about to build. Mark Andrews, last five games. Tight end 10, tight end 6, tight end 12, tight end 1, tight end 4, tight end starting in your lineup. Get him in there. Uh, 22% of the Ravens targets in four straight games. That's a no-brainer. Now, heading over to New England, we're talking New York Jets. We're talking New England Patriots. We're talking Zach Wilson. Yeah, that's a no for me. Michael Carter, he's a bit of a sneakier play here. Prior to the bye week, he had back-to-back touchdowns in weeks. Um, so it looks like he's starting to get that lead role in that running back by committee. And did I mention this is basically the by Mageddon right now? You're probably going to start Michael Carter. Now, Corey Davis, it's always Corey Davis season, except in the Northeast. 
except in New England, because Bill Belichick will find a way to shut him down again like he did the last time they met. So Corey Davis, he's out for me. You're not starting him. Now, Mac Jones, only starting in Superflex, two QB leagues. Jets defense is not as bad as you think they are. Now, Damian Harris, fire him up. It's going to be a good day for him. The Jets have allowed the second most fantasy points to running backs this season, and this feeds into Ramondre Stevenson being a nice play as well. I may be contractually obligated at this point to call this one of the majors men, and if you're in deeper leagues, you're getting him fired up. Stevenson led the backfield in routes last week with nine, followed by Brandon Bolden, who had eight, and Damian Harris, who had five back in week six. Jacoby Myers, I swear by this each and every week, you're going to start him. Last week, he found the end zone, albeit by two-point conversion. 52 targets this year, 10 or more fantasy points in four of six games. Get him in your lineup. And Kendrick Bourne and the other Patriots wide receivers, they must die so that Jacoby Myers could truly live. I'm not starting anyone else in that receiving core outside of Jacoby Myers. Now, Kansas City, they are heading to Tennessee. Tennessee coming off a huge win over Buffalo. This game could be exciting in every way, shape, and form. You get a little bit of a rematch there between the Chiefs and the Titans from the playoffs. And Mahomes, you're starting. Uh, we won't even go into detail on that. And I, I literally read that Daryl Williams had more points last week than in any game of Clyde edwards Hilaire's career. He also had 72% of snaps, 24 touches. That's not going to hurt your cause. Is it wrong to think that Daryl Williams is what everyone hoped that Clyde edwards Hilaire would be? Eh, Daryl Williams. Solid RB2. Tyreek Hill, 46 catches, 592 yards, five touchdowns. Yes, you're getting him in your lineup. Travis Kelsey. Yeah, okay. Tennessee, Tannehill. I think he's going to get right here a little week this week. It's got some targets, the chemistry back with A.J. Brown. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Derrick Henry, he's doing what he does best. So Tannehill, I think you could put him in as a super flex option, QB2 as well. And he will give you some production out of that position. Now, Derrick Henry, long live the king. I don't need to tell you what to do. No fewer than 21 touches in any of the last 10 games, and that's playoffs included. A.J. Brown played well against the Bills. Coming off that Chipotle there kind of mishap. Fire him up this week against a poor Chiefs defense. Add to that, he was on the field for 51 of Tannehill's 58 dropbacks over the last two weeks, and he's got a monster target shares of 27 and 31 since returning to the lineup. Julio Jones, temper expectations. Wait and see with him. I'm probably not starting him because that hamstring is getting to him again. He got nipped by that injury bug again. The hamstring doesn't seem to be quite right. However, I get it if you're going to start him against the Chiefs because you're going to want to start anyone against the Chiefs. Maybe even Chester Rogers. Who knows? Maybe even Anthony Ferkster. Nah, probably not unless you're really desperate. I get it. Desperate times call for desperate measures. I got one league in which I'm starting Anthony Ferkster. So I, I can totally sympathize if that's the route you want to go. Again, not recommended, but I can understand it. Now, to a homecoming of sorts. Well, I guess Detroit's coming to Los Angeles. So we'll talk about Stafford and the Rams here in a second. Goff? Goff, no. However you want to say it, you're not starting Goff. Swift, absolutely. Matchup's not great. But Swift is seeing plenty of passing work the season he is the passing back he's been outperformed maybe in the run game a little bit by jamal williams but this negative game script for the detroit lions is going to really favor what swift does and what swift does best get him in your lineup monroe st brown solid wide receiver two wide receiver three he needs to throw some of the ball right now he's only been able to throw the ball to swift and hawkinson get a monroe st brown in your lineup and again talking tight end waistline hawkinson you have no choice start him for the rams 
Matthew Stafford, we'll call this a welcome home QB1 overall type week for him. The Lions have allowed the sixth most offensive points per game this year. And Daryl Henderson, fire him up. He is going to see some serious run come the fourth quarter. I really see this game getting out of hand out early. And Stafford kind of proven a point, so don't think they're going to take the, the foot off the gas pedal when it comes to the passing game. The Lions have allowed a top six fantasy running back in four of the last five games. And Henderson has at least 15 points every game this season. So make sure you're getting him in the lineup. Cooper Cup, wide receiver one. Did I mention this is kind of a Matt Stafford revenge game of sorts? Robert Woods, he may be the wide receiver two overall this week. Again, Matt Stafford, revenge game. Tyler Big Higby, don't like it, but it's probably him or Ross Dwelly at this point. The usage is there. He's one of only five tight ends to be involved in 80% or more of the passing plays this season. You have to hope he can break through with the, against the Lions, who have given up the fourth most fantasy points to the tight end position. Now, head into Vegas. Let's roll the dice with the Eagles and the Raiders. Jalen Hurts, garbage time points count the same as any other points. He's been no worse than a QB 11. They don't ask you how, they ask you how many when it comes to fantasy. And while we mock him as a passer, he's completed nearly 73% of his passes. Passes, And when he's been under pressure, Hurts' passer rating is 79.3, which ranks ninth amongst signal callers. He's been on target 63.8% of the passes while he's under pressure, which puts him in the middle of the pack. So let's pull off a little bit when it comes to Jalen Hurts as a poor passer. Jalen Hurts, you're starting him. He's been a QB1 every single week. Three of the top quarterbacks are out this week. You're looking at your QB7. I don't know. I haven't done my rankings quite yet, but you're starting him. It's that simple. Miles Sanders, start him as well. We talked about this running back position being as banged up as it is. He's got the opportunities, and he's done well when he's been given those opportunities. The Eagles just need to give him more opportunities, and you can run the ball against the Raiders to a degree. Now, Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, I am sitting both of them. Now, the Raiders have only given up 100 yards to a receiver one time this season, and you have to go back to week two and to see that as Deontay Johnson. So I'm starting any receivers for the Eagles. Now, Dallas Goddard, if he can get over COVID in time for this game, I'm going to start him. The Raiders struggle against the tight end position. Last week, Fant had over 90 yards and a receiving touchdown. Now, for Vegas, you're starting Derek Carr. He's a good super flex 2QB. He should be good for 325 yards passing and two touchdowns. That's a bold, That's my prediction for him in this game. Josh Jacobs, he has not been efficient with his numbers, but he's had the numbers. He has recorded 15 or more fantasy points in each start here. and uh, Sorry, in each of the three of the last four games that he's played. So Josh Jacobs, you're going to fire him up in the running back position. Kenyon Drake, sneaky start. Raiders used him last week more than Gruden has all season. All season. And going back to uh, Josh and Drake here, Philly has given up the fourth most scrimmage yards to running backs. Just something to keep in mind. Henry Ruggs, 15th in the league in receiving yards. He has 445 yards in the receiving game. That's more than DeAndre Hopkins, Amari Cooper, Adam Thielen, DK Metcalf, Terry McLaren, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, DJ Moore. You're probably starting all those guys, so start Henry Ruggs. Brian Edwards, yeah, you're a sit. I, I already hyped up Henry Ruggs, so now i got to sit Brian Edwards. Hunter Renfro. He is always a sneaky start. You always can put him in your flex lineup, especially if those flex gives you two to three guys. I've talked about the Emmanuel Sanders, the Hunter Renfro, the Jameson Crowder type guys. These are guys you can start in the flex and be comfortable with it. And Darren Waller, don't overthink it. He hasn't been good this year. He hasn't been that Darren Waller of last year. But if you even take away that week one game from him, 
in which he saw like 88 targets or whatever that number actually was, he's still a top eight in tight end scoring. Start Darren Waller. Houston, we have a problem. We're heading to the desert. Mile, uh, Davis Mills, really? Uh, I'm not even going to give that a response. Mark Ingram, yeah, see the above comment that I just made. David Johnson, okay, sometimes revenge games don't amount to anything. This is probably one of those games. That said, game script could have Houston trailing a good portion of this game and not really into it. Maybe this is a game where you could throw David Johnson into your lineups if you're in deeper leagues, but temper those expectations. Brandon Cooks, wide receiver three, flex option. Houston is going to have to throw, and 32% of Mills' passes have gone to Brandon Cooks this season. Nico Collins, see the above comment. Maybe he's not getting that 32% target share, but he can catch the ball, so he could be in play for you here, especially with six teams on a bye. Arizona, Kyler Murray is tops amongst quarterbacks with a 73.8 completion percentage this season, third with 8.9 yards per attempt. You start him. James Conner, Chase Edmonds, start both these guys as RB2s, flex kind of options. You think I have a strong belief that this game is going to have that script in which you're going to run the ball. James Conner is going to get those goal line carries. Chase Edmonds is going to get some run between the 20s. Get them both in your lineup. DeAndre Hopkins, start your studs, especially against the Texans, and especially in a revenge game. Rondell Moore, sneaky play, deeper leagues with flex options. He's more like a flex two kind of guy. He has seen his snap rate increase each of the four games from 34 to 42 to 48 to last week's 56. So maybe this is the week that he really breaks out. He's had a breakout week, but maybe he can string a couple of these together now. A.J. Green, I am starting him. I've been starting him for more than I care to admit right now. He's been playing well, six or more targets in five of the six games, 16-plus fantasy points in three of the last four. Christian Kirk, roller coaster up and down. If you are in a matchup where you are facing an opponent who may be superior to you or projected to outscore you considerably, Christian Kirk has that boom-bust type feel that maybe you can get a boom out of him this week. Zach Ertz, true, Arizona doesn't normally use their tight end. But Max Williams was basically a borderline tight end one before his trip to the IR. That's probably saying more about the tight end position itself than it is about Zach Ertz's prospects this week. Heading to Tampa, Chicago versus the Buccaneers. Justin Fields, I'm not starting. I don't trust it yet. I want to see something develop with uh, Mooney and Robinson and Cole Komet and the rest of these targets before I commit to him fully. Now, Allen Robinson, wide receiver, 75. Darnell Mooney, I went bold on the Viper cast on Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Hint, hint, that's a little bit of a plug there. And said both these receivers would hit 17 or more fantasy points this week. Please forgive me, fantasy gods, for that prediction. But the Bucs have given up the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers. I'm choosing to stat pick here a little bit when it comes to Robinson, who is 11th in air yards with Justin Fields under center. That's 436. But And I'm going to ignore the fact that a good portion of those have been uncatchable. So... Maybe if uh, Justin Fields can get the sights checked out on that ball, maybe we can see an Allen Robinson breakout week here in week seven. Khalil Herbert, watch the injury report when it comes to Damian Williams. Last week, Herbert had an 89% snaps with Williams. You can start Herbert as I think he's going to get the early down work, second and third down. Damian Williams is going to kind of come in and do that third down work. He's coming off of COVID. I'm not starting Damian Williams. However, Herbert could find himself in my lineup for one more week. Now, Cole Komet is a start. we got the bye week blues. He's kind of a fill in there. Bucks are giving up the ninth most fantasy points to tight ends. Something to keep an eye on. 
Now for the Bucks. This is an interesting. Chicago is eighth in passing defense, allowing only 218 yards. Meanwhile, Brady and the Bucks are first in passing offense. Yeah, you know what? We're going to go advantage Brady in this one. So start Tom Brady because I can't tell you to sit him. It just feels wrong. And speaking of starts, Uncle Lenny, playoff Lenny, Leonard Fournette is averaging 22.3 touches, 125.3 scrimmage yards, and 22.9 fantasy points per game over his last three games. He's played 83% of the Bucks, uh 24 plays inside the 10-yard line over the last three weeks. Ronald Jones, yeah, we're, we're not worried about Ronald Jones. Start Fournette. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, fire them both up. They're both solid plays. If Rob Gronkowski plays, you're going to fire him up as well. He's still ranked number one in touchdowns for tight ends, and he hasn't played for like two, three weeks right now. If he misses and O.J. Howard slides on in there, Cameron Bright, you're not touching either one of those. Those guys are both solid sits. I'm not getting into that, regardless of how the situation rolls out. Now, in San Francisco, the Colts are heading out west, where Carson Wentz has three consecutive games with two passing touchdowns. T.Y. Hilton returned last week. Paris Campbell exits. Are we sure that T.Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell are secretly not the same person? Because we can't seem to get them both on the field for a full game together at all. Carson Wentz, QB2, super flex option for me. Jonathan Taylor. Taylor leads the league in rushing yards over uh, expectation per carry. He sits only behind Nick Chubb and James Robinson in yards after contact and is fourth in rushing yards with 472 yards on the season. That's a 5.4 average. You're starting him. T.Y. Hilton ran a route on 16 of Carson Wentz's 23 dropbacks. With Campbell out, Hilton's role may be ramped up quicker than expected. Hilton is a flex option, too, for you going into this week. Michael Pittman is a sit. What? Why is Hilton starting Pittman a sit? It's a veteran thing. Now, Pittman is a big red zone target, not being used as a big red zone target. He still has 31 catches for 403 yards, but San Francisco is seventh in passing defense, only allowing 216 yards per game. I expect a good portion of Carson Wentz's passes to go to T.Y. Hilton this week. Jack Doyle, Moelle Cox, they're both sits for me. San Francisco is also in the top 10 against position. When it, and while options are limited, neither is a must play for me. San Francisco, Trey Lance has 354 yards passing on 48 attempts. Jimmy Garoppolo has 925 on the season. It don't matter which San Francisco quarterback is playing. I'm sitting either one of them. If I'm desperate and need a play, maybe Trey Lance if when he's in the lineup because of the running ability. But reality is you can't start Trey Lance and feel good about it each and every week until we see something a little bit more, a little bit more consistency out of him. Elijah Mitchell has played three games, and he still leads the 49ers in rushing yards with 189 on 45 carries. Indianapolis is 14th in the league in rushing yards allowed allowing about 111 per game. I'm not in love with the 49ers' backs in this game. So I say this tongue-in-cheek when it comes to Trey Sermon. I don't care how bad the running back landscape is. It's not this bad to get Trey Sermon in your lineup. Debo Samuel, he is going into your lineup. He's seen 52 targets. That's about a 31.3% target share this whole season. You have him, you're starting him regardless of who's that quarterback. Brandon Ayuk. How do you start a guy going into week seven? Yes, I know there's been a buy. He's only got eight catches and 90 yards. You can't. And for our final matchup, we've got New Orleans heading to Seattle. Jameis Winston, you're going to sit him. He could go off. He's had two games with four or more touchdowns, a four-touchdown game and a five-touchdown game. 
He also hasn't thrown for more than 280 yards in any contest this season. And he only has two games in which he threw more than 200 yards. He's a sit. Alvin Kamara, start him. He is fifth in touches with 109. He's coming off a bye week. You start him because you know he's going to get involved. Marquez Callaway is going to be that deep ball guy, I think, in this one. I think you can trust Callaway in a flex kind of position. Seattle is 28th in the league in passing yards allowed with 292 per game. Ben Roethlisberger was kind of held in check, but really Ben Roethlisberger can't throw more than 20 yards down the field anymore. And Winston, I don't even know if Winston knows what a check down is. Let's be honest. Kenny Stills, deep sleeper. I think he can get loose for a big one here as well. I think it's a possibility uh, Jameis Winston goes for three touchdowns this week and still only throws for 280 yards. Now, on the Seattle things, things are getting really sleepless in Seattle. There's talk of Cam Newton possibly coming here. That's where we're at at the quarterback position. Russell Wilson's not coming back until at least week 11. Geno Smith, he is a no. The target distribution for Geno Smith, 48 or 49 attempts so far this season. Lockett has seen 11. Metcalf seen 10, DJ Dallas has seen six, Will Disley seen five, Freddie Swain seen five, Everett seen three, Alex Collins has seen three. That's not good for anybody. Now, Alex Con- Collins, if he's healthy, yeah, okay, let's start him. So keep an eye on that injury report, but expect to see some Rashad Penny, some Travis Homer, some DJ Dallas all get touches. And to put this into perspective, Alex Collins has handled 65% of the snaps of the running back position and 77% of the carries. So there's going to be an opportunity there for someone to pick up that slack if Alex Collins is out. Many are believing that it's going to be Rashad Penny. But you know what? Last week, Travis Homer and DJ Dells earned an opportunity to get some more looks. DK Metcalf, I feel comfortable starting him. I think he's that guy for Seattle. I think he is the number one option, so you're probably going to put him in your lineup. And Tyler Lockett, no, you can't start him. He is a fade for me. I get it. If you feel you need to start him, I won't hold that against you. But with Geno under center, there's nothing that leads me to believe that he is going to be fantasy relevant anytime soon, at least not until Russell Wilson comes back in the lineup. That all said, that's your starts and sits kind of breakdown. Going around the league, we talked a little bit about everything. If you have questions, make sure to comment on this video here. Let me know those questions. I'll read those. I'll check them out. And I'll answer them. Or head over to Twitter. Go to at Matt FF. Hit me up uh, in the comments there. Slide into the DMs. Let me know what kind of questions. If you want to try and keep it secret from your league mates, make sure you are subscribing to the Dynasty Vipers Network here on YouTube. Make sure when you're listening to Apple and Spotify that you download, rate, and review each and every show there. We appreciate your support. And with that said, we'll catch you uh, on Thursday Night Football's preview, which should be dropping a little bit later. Take care.